right, everyone, welcome in to Quick Sticks, the first ever episode and the debut episode of the Women's Lacrosse and Men's Lacrosse podcast here for Robert Morris University, the Division I coverage on Colonial Sports Network, a part of RMU Century Media. It's actually the first ever time we've been able to do a lacrosse podcast, um, you know, last year, of course, with COVID, um, and then, you know, Nate, you weren't even here two years ago. Um, and then, yeah, myself, I was only a freshman. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to getting started here. Joining me is my co-host, Nathan Breisinger. Nate, thanks for joining me. No problem. Thanks for having me. Definitely excited to get this started and start continuing our coverage on lacrosse here at Robert Morris. Yeah, absolutely. Lacrosse, um, you know, kind of goes overlooked as one of the best programs on campus, um, both men's and women's. Women's having a uh, great start to their year, men's as well. Um, you know, men's have faced a lot of uh, tough uh, non-conference opponents so far, but really just a lot of, uh, you know, statistical achievements, you know, a lot of uh, former NEC titles for both teams. Yeah, both teams have played really well so far. Um, and um, both both teams have played really well so far. I mean, women's across being 5-1, men's across, the three losses they have are against all ranked teams right now. Yeah, I'm currently 19th and the current insider lacrosse pool, um, Notre Dame at nine, and then Duke, number one. And well, I, I really watched closely that Duke game for men's across, and the Colonials played really well, especially early. I mean, Duke's one of the best teams you're going to get across any, you know, competition in terms of lacrosse. And Army went in there with um, a chip on their shoulder to go in there and win. And, you know, started off really well, but couldn't come up in the end. But both teams have been playing really well. No matter what the record is for men's lacrosse, that it hasn't really indicated the, the terms of their play on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um Women's, women's as well kind of had that happen. Their only loss coming to Notre Dame. Um, they were only able to score two goals in that game. So really just um, strong play um, and being able to compete with those top uh, non-conference and ranked opponents. So, um, yeah, moving on. Yeah, we, you know, we'll just go over kind of just the basis of, of the programs here as this is technically the first ever episode period, not only for this season, but for just uh, the men's and women's lacrosse podcast um, in general here at Century. Um, but for for men's, um, you know, Ryan Smith um, is perhaps their, you know, best player on the team. Um, he scored 11 points um, in the game earlier this season, five goals, six assists, uh, and that set the record for most points in the game. Um, the six assists also tied, you know, the most assists in the game as well. Um, he was the NEC Rookie of the Year um, back in his freshman season. He's also, you know, for a marketing major, um, and I was just doing research on it. Apparently, he also once ate 40 wings in one sitting. Um, what have you seen um, from Ryan Smith so far this this season, Nate? Well, first of all, I could definitely see that I could eat what you said, 40 wings in one sitting. I can definitely yeah, they were doing it was like an old pop chalk interview where it was like five interesting facts about you. And he was like, yeah, I once ate 40 wings in one sitting. Yeah, yeah I could see that happening. But Ryan Smith has been he's just been that cornerstone guy for men's across for years, especially emerging this year and late last year and, and in the. Short in season last year, he emerged as, you know, the go-to guy because 
losing so many players to, you know, National Lacrosse League because this program has continually put out really good pro uh, products. And Ryan Smith is just another one of them. And the 11th points he scored against Bellarmine or Bellarmine, however you want to say it, yeah. um, it reset his own record he had, I believe, from two years ago. Yeah, it was and, his record too, yeah. Yeah, so he reset, which was 10. I think it was against, what, Canisius, I believe mm -hmm. it was. Yeah, and, I know it was his record. It was 10, yeah. Yeah, so then he reset that record. But also something that was overlooked in terms of that game was he moved up into solo of second place all times in points for men's lacrosse. At one, he sits there with 175 right now. Yeah. You know, he was he was fifth to start the day, and now he, he – um, leapfrogged a couple of those players. Now he sits second behind Trevor Moore, who has 195. So that sort of begs the question. He's 20 points away from the record, and they have they still have quite a few games left. Yeah. Oh, do you think it's possible that he can oh, right. go out there and break the record? I, I, I think it's possible, but I also kind of just want to, you know, we talk about all-time statistics a lot. At least I do. I, I'm really, you know, I like that. Just the idea of leading a franchise in points. Um, we saw it with Gebhard in women's hockey. Um, and it just goes to show that, you know, you never know when you're going to get a player this stature. Like they can come in their freshman year, score 15 points, and then their sophomore year can just explode. Um, Ryan Smith has been consistent all four years. And I, I think it's pretty, pretty likely that'll, you know, leapfrog, like you said, to to be first all time passing Trevor Moore. And then, you know, it, it's crazy though, because, you know, you never know when you're going to get the, that player that could literally lead your franchise uh, in all time points. And Ryan Smith is, you know, has a good chance of becoming that player. Yeah. And with, they have six games left. I mean, if he goes on pace for just four points a game, he breaks the record right down there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not even including playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just like, in terms of the 2021 season, just to see both programs come back in terms of women's and men's lacrosse, and then both put out a player that can that breaks has the opportunity to break the record, and then in Mackenzie Gandy, who has broken the record, that's just you know tremendous. And like you said earlier, I mean, both of these teams are overlooked and a little underappreciated on campus, and they they continually yeah they continually put out really good teams, and they compete and they put out players who can play at the pro levels. Let's not forget, though, um, that men's is technically the defending NEC champions, obviously not in the NEC anymore, but in 2018 and in 2019, they were NEC champions. And, of course, 2020 was COVID. Um, you know, this team is a very successful um, just franchise overall. Um, so far, they have seven NEC tournaments uh, and then two tournament titles. Um, making it to the NCAA tournament twice and then one regular season championship so far. And for the majority of those teams, those 2018 and 19 teams, the core is there. We've just mentioned, you know, Ryan Smith um, is still on this team. And then, you know, let's, let's, let's kind of address the fact that, you know, COVID happened last year um, halfway through the season. So a lot of players have returned. Um and you know they took uh, that uh, that opportunity to come back because um, NCAA offered a uh, another year of academic eligibility uh, for for some of these players. These players, including of course Ryan Smith, Austin Popovich, Alex Cash, uh, James Skein, uh, and Jimmy Perkins on the men's team, and then a lot of big names from the women's team. Cleo Kerr, who we just saw, had a great game. Not even just a great game; she's been having a great season. 
Um, Shea McCardle, Kelly Colgrove, Talia Zolis, Madison Burke, Caitlin Miller, and then, of course, the Gandy twins. They all took up that year of academic eligibility. Um, and, you know, how important is that, in your opinion, just to not only their careers as, you know, are they, what are they classifying them as? They're not classifying them as red shirts. They're, they're graduates. graduates yeah. What are you, yeah. How, how important do you think that is not for them, but just for the team? I think it's really important, but it goes it goes for every lacrosse program and, and, and a lot of teams just in general in sports right now in collegiate athletics because a lot of these teams are getting these star players to return, especially on programs that don't necessarily send players pro. And you're getting the opportunity to play, get another year out of these really good seniors who are tenured and who have experience in the program and just against some of the competition they play against. And then you get some freshmen also in who potentially could be really good or also it's just good in terms of mentoring and, and learning the ropes in terms of these programs. But I think also with, with like women's lacrosse, I had the opportunity to sit down with Melanie McKenzie Gandy and they were just saying how grateful they are. And, and their biggest thing is McKenzie, while McKenzie was talking about she wanted to break the record and Melanie wanted to talk about because she was seventh at the time in points she talked about moving up in the in the points totals, but they their sole focus was winning a championship. That's the biggest thing. I think a lot of these players they don't care about points and and whatnot. Like you could probably ask Ryan Smith about his point totals, and he's not going to care. He's more worried about winning and winning a championship with their teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned the Gandys. Um, you did a feature on them. Definitely good listeners. Definitely go check that out. Um. You know, they did have a good chunk of, of games, though, last season, though. Women's lax was, you know, five and two, um, and then men's lax was four and two. So six, seven games there so far. Um, is it just me or, like, looking at the schedule, specifically for men's, is there a shortened – I'm not, you know, terribly familiar with how they schedule games, especially with the new Horizon League. Um, but, you know, men's only has one, two – three, four, five, six games left so far. Um, and then women's has a lot more. Do you know what, you know, what the reasoning behind that is? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I, I don't know if they're – are they in a conference right now? I, I don't That's believe the, huh? Yeah, they're not in conference play so far for men's. I don't believe so. Um, I, don't, I don't think they play any conference games yet because they move into um, – they move into the A-Sun Conference next year. So they're technically non-conference right now. Um, so that's why they only play um, They only play 11 games. They usually play upwards towards 17, 18, 19, up towards that range. But they're non-conference right now. They'll move into the A-Sun Conference, which will have, I believe it's Bellarmine and Utah. Cleveland State, I believe, is in there as well. But right now, since they're non-conference and they're ind- independent, that's what I, I should have been saying. Independent, they don't really have a strong schedule, which in the end could probably hurt them in terms of if they want to get ranked and, and whatnot. And obviously, they don't have a championship to play in. So that, that's probably going to hurt them in the long run. But they're playing pretty well in terms of who they face, especially against those you know, top-ranked teams. Even though they've lost, they've still given them some good fights. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then moving over to the women's side, you know um, – just an incredible start so far. Five and one wins over Liberty, Fresno State, uh, Gardner Webb, Kent State, and then Butler. Only lost again coming to Notre Dame, sixteen to two. They play Cincinnati um, 
tomorrow at three. Um, you know, what have you seen from this team so far? Obviously, you know, the big standout is the Gandy twins. Um, just how important are they to this team? And also kind of going off that, just the other seniors that are on this team, like Caitlin Miller and Cleo Kerr. Yeah, you mentioned um, the Gandy twins being a big part. But like you said, Cleo Kerr, who had a you know really big performance the other day. Um, they're getting six goals. Yeah, they're getting a mixed yeah. bag. I mean, McKenzie had back-to-back six-goal games. But this team has shown a lot of fight because, I mean, to start the season against Liberty, Liberty they've had some some good history with and sort of uh, a rivalry, as, as Melanie put it. So to be able to win that one and sort of set the tone for the season, I think, was huge for them because that was their first win and um, their past four matchups with Liberty. So that was huge for them. And then they go on and, you know, Fresno State, which was the big win with uh, the Gandy, with McKenzie setting the record. And Gardner-Webb, they were down, and they and then they scored eight unanswered goals to help, you know, lift them over. Gardner-Webb and then first first MAC game um, absolutely destroyed Kent State, another, another uh uh, tone setter, especially in terms of the conference play. And then you see the other two games. Butler, which I think was a huge bounce back win after, the, you know, getting absolutely pummeled against Notre Dame. It was huge for them. But 5-1 and one is their best their best start since 2014. So this team, like I said, like, you know, we're mentioning, they're looking for a championship. And they're sort of, you know, both of them were saying in, the, in those, at the interview I had with them sitting down, they really, you know, they want to, be known in Matt and the Mac conference and, mm-hmm. and come in and make the, a name for themselves right away. And so far they have beating Kent state, destroying them. And then just the way they've played. And again, they're only lost to a really good Notre Dame team. Yeah. Um, and going off of that, they're 12 and 0 in their, or they have a 12 game winning streak um, at Joe Walton stadium. So their last home games and kind of relating to that is the fact that um Joe Walton Stadium uh, for both football and both lacrosse teams have released their attendance policy uh, to hopefully get fans back in the building uh, this spring. Um, not going to go over the you know the minutia of that, but you know we have an article up on it, and there's you know it's on uh, armycolonials.com as well. Um, you know restricted tickets, don't be an idiot. Essentially, face mask, wash hands, hand sanitizers, social distance, things like that. Um, but how impactful do you think it could be? for not only football, not only men's lacrosse, but women's lacrosse to get the recognition that they deserve, um, especially as, you know, they're having a very solid team for both or very solid season for both teams. I think especially for women's, it's huge because, again, I mean, men's, obviously you're going to see players who go professionally, but women's not so much. And and they've obviously played a, a really well this year. And they're a team that's going to be fighting for a championship. So I think obviously there's going to be parents there and or who can make it, which would be nice. And I think will help support that team. But I, I mean, I don't know what the student turnout would be if they offer tickets and, and stuff to that end of things. But if that's available, students should definitely go out and check them, especially women's, I mean, men's across as well. Men's, I mean, just watching a men's across game is fun because it's, it's energetic. Um, those teams go out there to battle just the atmosphere of that game. I mean, they, they, they march through sort of that, like that tunnel and then they go down the steps right in the middle of Joe Walton to enter for warmups. And it's just really cool atmosphere, really cool thing to see. And they're, they're hyped about it and both teams are hyped about playing. So, I mean, just 
if students are available to go, I mean, why not check these two teams out? Because like we we keep mentioning over and over again, they're an underappreciated group of players. Yeah, and absolutely. And if students aren't, you know, uh, allowed to go, there's still other ways you can follow this team as well. Of course, here on uh, Colonial Sports Network, and then also the RMU Game Day app as well. Um, you know, good resources. Um, I'm hoping students will be allowed in the building um, for the Jack Toom uh, Jersey retirement game. Um, for those of you that don't know, I will go over this really quick because it's, you know, a shaky subject. Uh, Jack Toom passed away, former RMU lacrosse player uh, at 23 years old in 2020. Um, he wore number 43. And this season it will be it will be uh, retired by the team. Um, you know, it's been about a year ago. Um, and not only did COVID happen, but this also happened around that time um, for the men's lacrosse team. And hopefully that'll be a motivation for them to go out and, you know, perform well on the, on the, uh, on the field, but yeah, just overall, um, before we wrap it up here, your thoughts on, on both teams and what they could potentially do, um, you know, heading into the playoffs here, it was, we're getting kind of almost, you know, to the midpoint of the season already. Yeah. Uh, the men's lacrosse team, again, like we, we've harped on a lot, they played some really good teams, but I think moving forward, these last six games, they're all winnable games and they can definitely, you know, pull out in the end. Uh, I circle Virginia because it's an ACC opponent, obviously, against Duke. They lost 16-12, but they kept it close. I mean, starting off the season really on sort of a, a bang with that one, I think really getting all eyes on them because they went in there and sort of surprised a lot of people with, the, with their play. Um, and the one thing that we didn't really talk about that I think the one thing that's been a positive note for men's lacrosse, their goaltending play, their their – Goalkeeper play has been pretty well. I mean, Ben Savick, a senior, has played pretty decently until Notre Dame, where he sort of, uh, you know, they, Notre they, Dame. Yeah. They, got, they got behind him, and he struggled a bit. But then Liam Rosenthal, sophomore, came in, played well to finish that game, which then earned that start against Bellarmine, and he played well there as, as well. So two great goalkeepers there, and just overall experience and – the ability, the, the ability to go into your depth players for men's across is huge. And I think that's going to help them. Like we said, I mean, you get Jimmy Perkins back for another, for a seventh year. I mean, he was, I think he played for Utah for a year and then he came back because he was a graduate student there, I believe. And then now he's back again. So after playing for Robert Morris for quite a few years, just the depth, the experience, this team has the ability to finish off really well. I'm not too sure what's the, the overall, the end-all goal in terms of, you know, postseason play because they don't, they're not in the conference right now. But women's lacrosse, they're five and one, best start in a handful of years. They definitely can make some noise in the MAC and the way they started off against Kent State. I mean, they're going to be playing against a handful of MAC teams coming up. So just look for them to be really, really competitive. They they have Cincinnati and then they have they start their MAC play for the rest of the season. Akron. Detroit Mercy, and then, you know, the list goes on. So I think that team, the women's lacrosse team, also has the ability to go out and continually win. And I think these two collective groups can really be, you know, something to watch for over the next few weeks in terms of, you know, champion sort of championship caliber play, because I know men's lacrosse won't be there, but women's lacrosse has the ability to do so. Absolutely. Um, these teams off to a great start and, you know, just – Overall, as a franchise, have been very successful here on campus. So, again, 
Uh, we encourage you, you know, women's lacrosse, men's lacrosse here, um, Colonial Sports Network. Follow me and Bryce Singer on Twitter. Uh, I'm at ocreps85. Um, you're at what, Bryce? Or, um, at Nate Bryce Okay. And then, of oh, course, I'm CSC, dead. Army TV, Army Century Media, Army Radio, Colonial Sports Network, all that good stuff. Also, men's and women's across on Twitter. Um, women's across plays tomorrow versus Cincinnati at 3 p.m. Uh, and then men's across the uh, 13th against Air Force at 2 p.m. Thank you all for joining us for the first ever edition of Quick Sticks. I'm pretty sure that's what we're going to call it here for the uh, pilot episode of your RMU Division One men's and women's lacrosse. And, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. We'll probably do what we did with Stack the Pads here. Um, we just wanted to post a, a quick video with, with just us two for the pilot. But um, I'm trying to get some guests on here uh, as well. And we'll see you guys then.